The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta Airlines. Delta has partnered with 55 academic institutions to create a pipeline of the next generation of pilots and technicians. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, December 5th. In today's news... After a classified briefing, Republican senators say they're confident the crown prince of Saudi Arabia ordered the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. The markets tank as the White House admits President Trump overhyped his deal with China. And Beto O'Rourke meets with Barack Obama. But first, the big idea. Special counsel Bob Mueller recommended Tuesday night that former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn serve no prison time, citing his substantial assistance with several ongoing investigations. Flynn was forced out of his post as National Security Advisor in February 2017 after the White House said he misled administration officials, including the vice president, about his contacts with Sergei Kislyak, Russia's ambassador to the United States at the time. Since he left, Flynn has been cooperating with Mueller's investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 campaign. And his full account of events has been one of the best kept secrets in Washington. He is one of five Trump aides who have pleaded guilty as part of the special counsel's probe. Tuesday's sentencing memo is heavily redacted, continuing to shroud in secrecy important details of what Flynn has told Mueller's team and other prosecutors. But the special counsel does reveal that Flynn has provided 19 separate interviews with federal prosecutors, in addition to turning over documents and communications. He's cooperated with an unidentified criminal investigation, the details of which, again, are heavily redacted. Flynn pleaded guilty back in December 2017 to one felony count of making a false statement, despite a longer list of charges he could have faced. Prosecutors said last year they'd likely seek a prison sentence between zero and six months. Now they're saying based on Flynn's assistance, the government recommends a sentence on the low end of that range. There were several other developments related to the Russia investigation yesterday as well. More than 400 former Department of Justice employees have signed a public statement opposing Matt Whitaker's appointment as attorney general. They say that because Whitaker hasn't been confirmed by the Senate, his qualifications have not been publicly reviewed and there's been no vetting for potential conflicts of interest. The former DOJ employees call on Trump to nominate someone else to succeed Jeff Sessions, whom the president fired last month, and in the meantime to put a Senate-confirmed person in the acting attorney general position. Protect Democracy, a group that organized the effort, says the signatories have served under administrations of both parties and that the vast majority are nonpartisan career civil servants. Whitaker has still provided no clarity on how he's handling potential conflicts of interest in his new role related to the Mueller probe. CNN reports that Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein's office continues to handle management of the Mueller investigation for now, but Whitaker's ability to pull rank and overrule Rosenstein's judgments may prove crucial in coming weeks as that investigation winds down, leading to mounting questions about what steps Whitaker has taken or not taken to heed any ethics advice. We learned last night also that Trump confidant Roger Stone announced that he will invoke the Fifth Amendment to avoid sharing documents and testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Congressman Adam Schiff from California, who's the top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, about to become chair, says Trump's tweets on Monday that praised Stone for refusing to testify against him and berated Michael Cohen for flipping add to, quote, a growing body of evidence that the president is attempting to obstruct justice. 
We did learn that former Trump campaign aide Sam Nunberg will meet next month with the Senate Intelligence Committee. Nunberg tells the Washington Post that his visit is voluntary, and it's the latest sign that the Intelligence Committee's investigation is going to carry in to next year. And the new White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, will finally start in his new job on Monday after a two-month delay. Politico reports that it's because of a longer-than-expected security clearance process. This has left him playing catch-up as he tries to fill many vacant posts in an office whose staff numbers in the dozens. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, contradicting assertions from Trump and members of his cabinet, including the defense secretary and the secretary of state, Republican senators said a briefing from CIA director Gina Haspel on the killing of Washington Post contributing columnist Jamal Khashoggi has convinced them of the Saudi crown prince's involvement in his death. Referring to the bone saw that investigators believe was used to dismember Khashoggi, Lindsey Graham, the Republican from South Carolina, said, quote, There's not a smoking gun. There's a smoking saw. Armed with classified details provided by Haspel, senators shredded the arguments that have been put forward by senior administration officials who have repeatedly insisted that the evidence of Mohammed bin Salman's alleged role was inconclusive. The gulf that has emerged between Republican lawmakers and the president over how to respond appeared to widen after the briefing, with Graham, one of Trump's closest Senate allies, announcing that he is no longer willing to work with the crown prince, whom the White House regards as perhaps its most important ally in the Middle East outside of Israel. In recent days, Mike Pompeo and Jim Mattis have said that no single piece of evidence irrefutably links Mohammed to the killing. But the senator said the evidence they heard convinced them beyond the shadow of a doubt. Bob Corker, the Republican from Tennessee, who's the retiring chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, put it this way, quote, if the crown prince went in front of a jury, he would be convicted in 30 minutes. Number two, the U.S. stock market fell more than 3% on Tuesday as skepticism grew of Trump's claims that the United States and China have reached a trade breakthrough that reversals more than erase the tepid gains on Monday in reaction to Trump's initial account of what he said were promises made by the Chinese government at the G20 summit. Three days after Trump emerged from his dinner with Xi Jinping touting an incredible deal, U.S. and Chinese officials continue to offer differing accounts of, one, whether there was a 90-day deadline for progress in new trade talks, two, the schedule for China to increase its purchases of American farm products, and three, Beijing's plans to reduce or eliminate specific tariffs that it has put in place. While Trump tweeted a day after the meeting that China would reduce and remove tariffs on U.S. automobiles, his aides acknowledged privately on Tuesday that China made no such commitment. One top White House advisor tells us, quote, nobody knows what the deal is. Once again this week, world leaders, U.S. lawmakers, and jittery investors have been reminded that Trump's words cannot always be trusted. Global markets demand consistency and reliability. Trump delivers neither. Instead, he makes knee-jerk announcements that surprise investors, lawmakers, and again, even some of his own aides, who sometimes find themselves reversing course depending on the president's whims. There are increasing signs that investors, after hanging on any signal from Trump and his advisors about the status of economic planning, are beginning to understand that many of the statements he makes lack any real substance. Number three, Barack Obama met with Beto O'Rourke as the former Texas Democratic Senate candidate weighs a presidential bid. That meeting was held November 16th at the former president's offices in Foggy Bottom, and it comes as some former aides have encouraged the Democratic House member to run, seeing him as capable of the same kind of inspirational campaign that caught fire during the 2008 presidential election. The meeting was the first sign of Obama getting personally involved in conversations with O'Rourke. 
Beto is being swamped by calls from Democratic operatives who are eager to work for him, and other campaigns in the making are eyeing his moves closely for any signs of his intentions. O'Rourke was not among the slate of candidates that Obama endorsed before the midterm elections, but that was because O'Rourke told him not to. The former president offered several times to help O'Rourke's campaign, including to come to Texas for a rally or to record robocalls offering an endorsement. Obama even recorded a video that O'Rourke's campaign decided not to use that remained a subject of internal debate. Some of his closest friends expect better to run, with one putting the odds at 60-40 of him getting in the race. In other 2020 news, former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick will reportedly announce that he does not plan to pursue a 2020 bid for the Democratic nomination. Politico reports that Patrick informed staff and advisors of his decision yesterday after traveling around the country this fall. And Stormy Daniels' lawyer, Michael Avenatti, took himself out of the running as well. Avenatti had taken several steps in preparation for a bid, but he endured a string of bad publicity in recent weeks, including an arrest in Los Angeles last month on suspicion of domestic violence, an allegation that he continues to dismiss as completely bogus. And the Democratic National Committee is finalizing a 2020 primary debate schedule that they hope will allow lesser-known candidates to share a stage with the frontrunners. Chairman Tom Perez and his team have been meeting for months with 2016 campaign advisors and other stakeholders to find a way to improve the debate process while accommodating the unusually large number of credible candidates. Even with Patrick and Avenatti out, it could still number more than 20 by spring. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, December 5th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The Washington Post has a new daily podcast, Post Reports, hosted by me, Martine Powers. Every weekday afternoon, we're bringing you stories about the state of the country, the world, and how we come to know the things we know. Get it now at WashingtonPost.com slash Post Reports.